Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we're continuing our discussion of the importance of having hope. Hope comes from knowing that you've been called to God's plan and purpose. This hope will lift you up in the midst of the increasingly challenging times that are coming on this earth. There's increasing anxiety and fear over worsening conditions in our country and in this world. And to be at peace in the midst of all of it, we must know how to look at what's going on in terms of the big picture or the overall plan of God for mankind and the earth. When you know the plan and your place in it, it's a source of great hope, even in the face of increasingly troubled times. We've been working on this for a number of weeks, knowing the hope to which we've been called. And for the past couple weeks, we've shifted gears just a bit. And we're talking about the increasingly challenging times we're facing in our country due to the political disharmony, the racial disharmony, all the chaos and violence that we see abounding. And the fear that it brings, the anxiety that it brings, the antidote to that is knowing the hope that comes from understanding the plan and purpose of God. God calls all human beings to become his sons and daughters through faith in Christ and then live with him forever on this earth, the home he made for himself and his family. Jesus came into this world 2,000 years ago to pay for sin so it can be removed, and all who bow their knee to him as Savior and Lord can be transformed into holy, righteous sons and daughters of God. He's going to come again in the not-too-distant future to cleanse the earth of every trace of corruption and death and establish the visible kingdom of God, the family home on the earth. And according to the Bible, the years leading up to Jesus' second coming will be more and more chaotic. We'll see increasing unrighteousness, immorality, injustice, and lawlessness. And it's easy to get caught up in the emotions produced by what we see around us and lose sight of the big picture. It's easy to be angry over what we consider to be poor decisions on the part of government leaders, poor decisions on the part of people who have influence over things that affect our lives. It's increased, It's easy to be anxious and fearful as the chaos increases and the violence increases and things seem more and more out of control. This is where you have to keep the big picture in mind. This life is only part of our existence. It's a small part of our existence. Even if you live to be a 100 years old, the greater and better part of life is ahead, first in heaven and then on the new earth. Heaven is the invisible dimension where all those who die in the Lord go when our body stops working. We leave our bodies and we pass into another dimension known as heaven, but it's temporary because in connection with the return of Jesus to this world to set up the visible kingdom of God on earth, all of our bodies are going to be raised from the dust and will come out of the invisible dimension 
heaven to be reunited with our bodies made incorruptible and immortal to live on this earth forever, this earth made new, free from corruption and death. And we need to keep our priorities right. The most important thing is not who wins an election. The most important thing is not what type of economy or government we have. The most important thing is that people come to saving knowledge of Jesus so they can be part of the plan of God. We need to learn how to live through the chaos of these years in faith and hope rather than in fear and anxiety so that we can shine the light of Jesus more effectively around us. That's why we're taking time to talk about this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, we discussed this in some detail last week, in answer to questions from his disciples as to what signs will indicate his return is near, he said that one of the characteristics of the period leading up to his return is and will be people groups fighting people groups. And boy, we see that everywhere, not just in our own country, but around the world. We need to become aware of this so we don't get caught up in it. We spent last week talking about the fact that we don't need to be fighting with each other over politics, social issues, economic issues, racial issues. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, first and foremost. We don't need to even be fighting with unbelievers over this because the most important thing is not convincing somebody to see your political point of view. The most important thing is do they know Jesus? Will they go to heaven when they die? We're called to live at peace with each other. We covered a number of verses last week, and as much as possible, we're to live at peace with all men. Now, this doesn't mean we have to agree with everybody about everything. We won't. We don't. We're different. We have different points of view, different life experiences, different tastes. We don't have to agree with everyone about everything. The Bible allows for differing opinions in non-moral temporal issues. Non-moral means something that God hasn't specifically said yes or no to. Um, As a Christian, we all must agree that sex outside of marriage is wrong because God says that. There's no differing opinion on that. That's a moral issue. But whether you vote Democrat or whether you vote Republican, that's a non-moral issue. And we have the freedom to disagree on that. Um, we need to agree to disagree about those things. We need to agree that we may see some things differently. And I shouldn't call you a stupid idiot because you vote for the Republican guy, and you shouldn't call me a stupid idiot because I vote for the Democrat guy. We made the point last week that we're called to love one another. The law of love supersedes political and social issues. We're called to love one another or treat others the way we want to be treated. I have the right to disagree with you. I even have the right to believe you're making a poor decision. But I must presume that you've made what you believe is a reasonable decision based on your life experience and the information to which you've been exposed. I have to give you that grace, and you owe me that same grace. Yes, I can think it's a poor decision. Yes, I can be kind of stunned that you're even considering that, but I have to presume you're doing 
what you believe is the best thing in the situation based on the facts as you understand them. The most important issue is not what people believe about politics, economics, or, or social justice. The most important thing is, do they know Jesus as Savior and Lord? One of the reasons I'm taking time to talk about this is because, you know, because you may say, well, this doesn't have anything to do with anything. Tell me how to get my miracle or tell me how to get my healing. Or, or, or And there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But more and more I'm hearing of Christians who are getting in arguments that are breaking friendships and they're getting in arguments over political stuff. Friends, that ought not be. And then I'm running into all kinds of Christians who are angry over, I mean, angry to the point of uh, violence over outcomes in elections and government decisions that they don't like. And then I'm running into Christians who are afraid because of what is happening. And all of those things are inappropriate responses for a Christian. So it's well within the parameter of reasonable discussion to talk about what the Bible says about some of these things. If my candidate wins or if my candidate loses, that doesn't free me from the law of love, to love God and to love my neighbor as myself. Now, I want to continue on with that this week because it's so important that you understand the nature of the times that we live in, how to see it in terms of the big picture, and how to navigate through in faith and hope. You have to understand what the world will be like at the return of Jesus. The Bible gives a lot of specific details about the political, economic, and religious conditions on earth at Jesus' return. I mean, we could do whole lessons on it. I'm not going to because that's not my purpose this week, but... Briefly, the world, according to the Bible, is going to unite under a leader, a world leader who offers himself as the answer to all its problems. And according to scripture, his seat of power will be in lands that were controlled by the former Roman Empire. But here's the point for us in our topic. These conditions won't come out of a vacuum. They won't suddenly appear. They weren't here yesterday, but today here they are. They won't come out of a vacuum. These conditions are setting up right now. Think about it for a minute. For several decades, there's been increasing talk of global problems that must be addressed by the world community. Climate change, whether you believe it's man-made or not, people are saying we have to band together as a world to fight this. We have to come together as a global community to fight terrorism. We have to come together as a global world community to fight income inequality. 25 years ago, no one talked like that. 30 years ago, no one talked like that. But that has increasingly entered the public dialogue. In fact, I read a recent CNN news headline it said, what leader can save us? People are starting to think in terms of a world leader. This idea is changing the way people view themselves in government. Many people under 35 know nothing other than we're global citizens of a global world, and we've got to break down barriers that divide us, get rid of borders, get rid of national 
entities or countries. We need to become a world without guns or borders. Well, to people who are older than that, that's extremely troubling for a lot of reasons. But here's the point for our discussion. America as a world power has to pass off the scene as the dominant world power in order for this scenario to fully set up. The, the power base is going to shift from us to lands in the former Roman Empire. More and more of our national sovereignty will be surrendered to global causes. I don't think we're going to become a third world country, um, but our standard of living may be affected. And for those who disagree with this move toward globalism and find it troubling, you have to know how to look at it in hope and faith rather than fear and anger. This final world ruler is going to be empowered by Satan, and the world is going to increasingly abandon God and go after him. It's going to be hard to watch. Well, we'll pick it up here tomorrow. You've been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619.